I need your help today. You ready? Uh, Because I get to preach. All right? I know you don't always shout down Pastor Rob uh, when he's preaching because you don't think he can hear you. But you didn't know that we installed microphones. No, I'm just kidding. We didn't install microphones. Uh, But I've been fighting, anybody else fighting allergies and maybe a cold, stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. So uh, if I sound like I'm pushing a little, it's not because I'm yelling or mad at you. It's just because I'm trying to get it out. Um, But I'm excited to uh, to share the message today uh, because in the series that we're in called By Design, we've been taking taking a a fresh look at some of the, the foundational realities of how we were created, of how we were made. And things that God created us as human beings to be and to do. And if you remember in week one, we talked about how God created us to be builders. God created us to be creators, to to be co-laborers with God in this world. That we have a purpose, that God has given us something to build, something to do. And in week two, we learned that we are made to bring beauty into this world. God created us to beautify things. We're created to be creative. And that's not just something that's reserved for the musicians or the artists, but inside of each one of us, there's a little bit of artist, and God has given us a place where we can bring beauty into what is so often the ugliness of our world. That was week two and week three. Last week, as we already mentioned, we talked about how we are blessed, have been blessed to be a blessing, and, uh, and this is one of the things that stood out to me last week, is that uh, God is not opposed to big things, but God is opposed to big shots. And we uh, are kind of off base when we think that God's blessings are because of us. You see, God blesses us so that we can turn around and use that blessing to bless others and bring glory to him. And, and that's why God blesses us. It's not to bring glory to us. It's to bring glory to God. And so today, uh, in this last part, and I'm really grateful for the opportunity to share this uh, part four of this series. Uh, It's a series that was really birthed in Pastor Rob's heart uh, many months ago. Uh, But I'm excited about it because of the four things that we're talking about in this series, this one's my favorite. This one is by far my favorite because the first three things, called to build, called to beautify, and blessed to be a blessing, they're things that we get to do for God. But this last one, this last thing that we were created for, it isn't something we do for God. In fact, it's, it's not actually something we do at all. It's even better than that. Are you ready? Today we're talking about how we are created. We were designed to be with God. We were designed to be with God. Think about that. It's in the way that we were created, the way that we were made. God's intention, his desire is that we would live in relationship with him. It's such a a cool thought, but even more than being a cool thought, it is a true thought. Now, I don't know about you, I grew up in a a church that was a, a lot more traditional than River Valley. Anybody else be raised in a church that was a little more traditional than River Valley Church? Um... My church growing up, uh, it was kind of dry. I don't want to be mean, but it was kind of boring. I did learn how to, um, I learned how to look up songs in a hymnal. Anybody know what this is? See, way back in the day before we learned how to put words up there, the words were all on a page. And uh, I did learn how to sing four-part harmony. From, uh, from singing through the hymnal. Um, 
We had a piano player that would play. We had an organist that played most of the right notes and chords, most of them. Um, and uh, I got to say, though, that for me as a, as a young man uh, growing up, the, this was for me a little more than just words on a page because um, my church didn't talk much about the presence of God. God was just something you learned about. And uh, I remember, though, my, my first experience being in a place where I really felt God's presence, where God, for me, became more than just some, some concept that was out there in the cosmos. And it was a place called Center Lake Bible Camp. I was probably in fourth or fifth grade. And I got to say, by the way, that we have, uh, we have 31 kids that are registered and ready to go to kids camp in a couple weeks. Isn't that incredible? 31 kids that are going. And... Uh, and I'm, I'm really pumped about that. We, we love kids camp so much, we're sending our worship team up, and they're going to lead worship for the week uh, for our kids going up to kids camp. And let me just say this, huge thank you to those who uh, helped scholarship uh, our kids that weren't able to pay, but because you scholarship them, they're able to go to camp. Thank you so much for, uh, for doing that. But I was probably in fourth or fifth grade, and I remember Center Lake Bible Camp, and it was at this camp, it was around a, a campfire. I can remember the moment. I remember, I, can, I mean, I could describe the setting to you perfectly. And it was a warm summer night with just a million stars overhead and a fire burning and all gathered around. And I felt the presence of God in such a real way. And for the first time, I began to understand that God wanted to be with me. God wanted to be with me. It wasn't, he wasn't just some impersonal or far off entity. He was somebody who wanted to be in relationship with me and it changed my life. And so I wanna ask you today, I wanna ask each one of us this question, do you feel close to God? Do you feel him near? Do you feel his presence working in your life, do, when you pray, do you feel like he is listening? Do you feel like he cares, like he wants to know what's going on in your life and in your heart? And if not, why do you think that God isn't near you? Do you feel like God has pulled back or do you feel like maybe you have pulled away from God? You see, we were created, we were designed from the very beginning to be with God to live in a relationship with our creator. And in a moment, we're gonna look at some passages from the Bible that are gonna help us understand this reality. But man, if this is the way we're made, how many of you like it when something uh, that's made to work a certain way actually works like it was designed to work? Isn't that great? You know, when you walk out to your car in the morning and you put the key in the ignition and you turn it and it goes, vroom, isn't that just a great feeling? I mean, how many of you just love it when, when you walk into your car and you put the key in and you get click, 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 click? Isn't that just a great feeling? <laughs> no, we like things to work like they're supposed to work. I mean, when you walk into a dark room and you hit the light switch, don't you hope the lights go on? Nobody? Am I the only nerd that carries a flashlight just in case? <laughs> I mean, I hate walking into a dark room. I don't like it when things don't work like they're supposed to work. 
You see, deep inside of each one of us, there is a desire and a longing to be with God. And I know some people deny it and others may not recognize it, but I believe that somewhere inside each one of us, maybe it's buried under tons of hurts and disappointments and maybe it's hidden under confusion, but somewhere inside of each one of us, there is a longing to be with God. We were created with it. And no matter how much people ignore it, no matter how much people deny it or misunderstand it, it's there. And unless we learn to fully embrace this truth, and when we learn to walk in it, if we don't learn to walk in this truth, we will never be fully functioning like the way we were created to function. So what does God have to say about this? And like each week in this series, we need to go all the way back to the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings. And in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. And I need to pause right here because have you ever stopped to think about what an honor it is to be created in the image of God? You are unique among creation. You are created in the image of God in the way that we think, in the way that we reason, the way that we process, the way that we look. We were created. God is our prototype God is, 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 is the standard. And that doesn't mean we're gods. God didn't make us little gods. But God made us bearing his likeness, bearing his image. That is such an incredible thought. Goes on to say, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And I noticed that God didn't create mankind in order to complete himself. You see, God was already, he already had complete relationship within himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So there wasn't a, an emptiness or a brokenness in God that God was like, well, I'm going to, you know, try to fill something that's missing. No, God was complete in and of himself, but he chose to create mankind Because he wanted to be in relationship with us. And he wants us to be in relationship with one another. You see, God in his very nature is relational. God is relational. And we are created to be in relationship. I think that's why the devil does everything he can to try and bring division and separation into the relationships in our lives. I think the devil knows that if he can bring division, if he can bring strife, if he can break relationships in our lives, then he is succeeding at pulling us farther and farther away from the very best that God designed us for. Genesis 2, verse 18 says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. Do you know this is the first time God looked at something he made and said, "Mm, not good enough. You see, up until this point, everything that God had made, he looked at it and said, it was good. The daytime, the nighttime, oh, it's good. The land, the sea, yup, it's good. The animals, yup, it's good. Man, wait, 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 no, 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 something's missing. Um, this is not good. Adam is alone. 
So it goes on to say in verse 21, so the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while the man slept, the Lord took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. And then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and he brought her to the man. See, this is how we were created. We're created to be together. We really are better together. We're better in relationship. I think one of the worst feelings in the world is the feeling of being alone. Or the feeling of being abandoned, like nobody cares, like nobody knows what we're going through. It is a difficult, difficult feeling. How many of you remember the, um, the movie, about, I think it was the year 2000 it came out, the movie Castaway with Tom Hanks. Anybody saw that movie? In this movie, Castaway, Tom Hanks is an executive at FedEx and, and he's on a plane flying somewhere for a business trip and the plane crashes in the ocean and he survives and washes up on a deserted island and it's just him all by himself and as he's on this island these packages from the FedEx plane start washing up on shore and one day he looks and opens this package and and remember what what it was remember what he found Wilson he found a volleyball Wilson volleyball and what did he do with this volleyball I'll show you what he did this is what he did there's Wilson. If you saw the movie, you're going, oh, Wilson. <laughs> you see, what he did in this movie was, was he, he took this ball. He was alone on this island, but he took this ball and he, he kind of painted this, this face with, in the movie, it was actually his blood. That's kind of gross. But um, painted this face on the ball and Wilson became his friend. I mean, he had conversations with Wilson, and he bounced questions off Wilson, and he got mad at Wilson and yelled at Wilson and then made up with Wilson, and, 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 and Wilson was his, his companion. It was his friend, and if you remember in the movie, you know, he, he finally builds a raft and, and ties Wilson down on it and gets up over the, the reef, and he's out in the ocean, and he, he's in the middle of a storm, and what happens to Wilson? Wilson comes loose and, and starts floating away, and he, he, he tries to get him, and he can't. And do you remember the scene? He's standing there, Wilson, I'm so sorry. Come on, how many of you cried at that part of the movie? <laughs> Come on. What's the most dreaded place in a prison? Solitary confinement, where you're separated from any relationship. Think about this. Do you know oftentimes in our lives, the sin or the depression or the anxiety that we find ourselves trapped in, it ensnares us when we're alone. You're on a business trip with no accountability. Who's going to know? You're alone in front of your computer when the window pops up. You're, you're alone with your thoughts, wondering if anyone knows how you feel. You know, in the wild, researchers tell us that most often uh, the, it's the animal that wanders away from the herd, the one that is alone, is the one that gets picked off by the predators. You see, there's, there's safety, there's protection when we walk in relationship with God and with one another. But when one of those things is missing, we put ourselves in a dangerous place. In Genesis chapter 3, 
we can read how the devil got in between the relationship between God and his creation. And we read what the result of that was. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, it says the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. And so she took some of the fruit and ate it. This was from the tree that God had said, don't eat from this one. And she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. And at that moment, their eyes were open and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves and when the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. And the inference is that this was a common thing that God would do. He would come and spend time with the people he created and he would walk with them and he would be with them. But something was different this time. They heard him walking in the garden, so they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called out to the man, where are you? Where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Man, I can't read that, but without thinking, how often do we hide from God? Do we try and hide ourselves from him because of sin? Because we're ashamed? Because we've messed up? We're hiding in the trees. We're, we're, we're trying to, to cover ourselves. We're trying to keep ourselves away from God because we know that we've done something wrong. But do you see that God was coming to spend time with them? God was coming to be with them. It seems that God enjoyed spending time with his creation, but this time something was different. God was like, why are you hiding? This is not the way you were designed. This is not the way that I intended it. Church, I think that sin is one of the greatest obstacles to us enjoying time with God. Sin, our sin, is one of the greatest obstacles for us enjoying time with God. You see, Adam and Eve's sin, it brought separation from God. Your sin, my sin, it brings that same separation. But here's the good news today. The good news is that God did not leave us in this sorry state of, of brokenness and separation. In fact, The Bible says that before this even happened, God already had a plan. God already had a plan in place. And in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18, it says, For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Listen to this. He was chosen before the creation of the world but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him so your faith and your hope are in God. See, we were created to be with God, but sin separates us from God. But God would stop at nothing to get us back. It's like the age-old story, right? Boy meets girl and they fall in love. Boy loses girl, but boy finds a way to get the girl back, (laughs) right? It's the age-old story. God created us to be with him, but our sin separates us from him, breaks the relationship, but God has made a way for that relationship to be restored. I love 
what it says in Matthew chapter 1. Verse 22, it says, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means, listen, God is with us. I don't know about you, but I'm, I, I'm so glad that God didn't leave us hiding in our fig leaves in the trees. I'm so glad that God didn't stop looking, that God didn't stop asking the question, where are you? I'm so glad that he is asking the same question he asked to Adam and Eve, to you and I today, where are you? And he's asking that question because he longs to be with us, because he loves us, he loves you. Think of it this way, have you ever been in love with someone? Come on, it's okay, think about it. Have you ever been in love? I mean, you, just, you didn't want to just, it, it, it didn't matter what you did, or it didn't matter where you, you just wanted to be with that person, didn't you? Come on, I know it's kind of gross, but come on. And I know in our world today, we found a million and one ways to do relationships wrong, but listen, when a man and a woman fall in love and it's all lovey-dovey, they call, they text each other all day long, they ask questions, doesn't, just, just to talk. They, they talk into the wee hours of the morning about everything and about nothing. Come on, you're acting like you don't know what it's like. Come on, think back. You couldn't get enough of each other. You couldn't spend enough time together. You didn't want stuff from them. You just wanted to be with them. And if you really love someone, the relationship, it isn't about what they can buy for you. It isn't about what they can do for you. It's just about being with that person. That's how God feels about you. He just wants to be with you. I'm not talking about just a, just a few minutes during devotions every day or every other day or once in a while. No, God wants to be with us. He wants to, to be with us all the time. I love what Rick Warren wrote in this, this devotional reflection of the verse in 1 Thessalonians 5.17 where the Apostle Paul instructs us to pray without ceasing. Everybody, anybody ever read that scripture, pray without ceasing? And you started thinking, how do I do that? I mean, like, do I have to, like, get down on my knees and, like, stay there, like, always? Isn't that kind of unproductive? How do we do it? Rick Warren wrote this. He said, you will never grow a close relationship with God by just attending church once a week or even having a daily quiet time. Friendship with God is built by sharing all your life experiences with him. Of course it is important to establish the habit of a daily devotional time with God, but God wants more than an appointment on your schedule. He wants to be included in every activity, every conversation, every problem, and even every thought. You can carry on a continuous, open-ended conversation with him throughout your day, talking with him about whatever you're doing or thinking at that moment, praying without ceasing, means conversing with God while shopping, driving, working, or performing any other daily task. You know, I think a a common misconception for us is that spending time with God means that we have to get alone with him. 
And yes, Jesus modeled, there are times where we do need to get alone and away with God, but that's just a fraction of our waking hours. Everything you do can be spending time with God. Did you hear me? Everything you do can be spending time with God if he is invited to be part of it and if you stay aware of his presence. Listen, the key to friendship with God, it's not changing what you do, but it is changing your attitude toward what you do. And what you normally do for yourself, you begin to do for God. Whether it's eating or working, relaxing or taking out the garbage, we are created to be with God. So why is it that we feel so often that to be with God, we have to get away from our daily routine? We don't. Maybe it's just because we haven't learned yet how to practice his presence all the time. You know, being with God isn't about waiting for him to come near to us. And it's not about us even coming near to him. It's about us always recognizing that he is with us every moment, every day. I hope that's encouraging to you today. You see, I believe that when we learn to live this way, our devotion time it just becomes more, it, it becomes what we'll call quality time. See, my wife is a quality time person. Any quality time people in your relationships? You just, you gotta have quality time with one another. And I know that sometimes uh, my wife's definition of quality time is, is maybe a little more narrow than my definition of quality time. Because sometimes I think that, well, you know, we're riding in the car and we're generally aware of one another's presence. This quality time no, that's not quality time for my wife. No, what's quality? Quality time is face-to-face. Quality time is, is, is getting alone, focused. It's conversation. That's what our devotions are. Those moments where we, we get away and we read our soap, because we all read soap every day. <clears throat> not because we should, not because it's just the right thing to do. I believe that as we develop our relationship with God, those moments become something we want to do. That we long for it, that we know and recognize that God wants that focused quality time with us because on a heart level, we wanna be with God and I believe that we can know that God wants to spend time with us also. How can we know that? Let me read a verse to you from Matthew chapter 27. Jesus is on the cross. He has been betrayed. He has been arrested. He's been sentenced to death. He's fulfilling what he came to this earth to do. And on the cross in Matthew chapter 27, verse 50, it says, then Jesus shouted out again and he released his spirit. Listen to this. And at that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. Let me explain to you the significance of that. You see, up until that moment, God had chosen to dwell among his people, but God chose to contain his presence in the temple, and specifically in a place in the temple called the Holy of Holies. It was a place that was separated from the rest of the temple by a curtain that was, they say, four inches thick. 
And that curtain, that veil was there. And it was a constant reminder that sin separated people from the presence of God. That even though we were designed to be with God, God's presence was there, but, but, but sin separated us from that presence. But when Jesus died on the cross, when Jesus accomplished everything that he came to do, the curtain that divided people from God's presence, it was obliterated from top to bottom. Not from bottom to top. No one could have ripped it from the bottom, but it was God's initiative from the top to the bottom. And the tearing of that veil meant that God's presence was no longer hidden behind a curtain in a temple. But it meant that the Spirit of God would pour out over the entire earth. That Jesus now has made the way that that sin that separated us from God, it didn't have to separate us anymore. Because of Jesus' sacrifice, we can be back into relationship with God the way that we were designed to be. We can approach God's throne with confidence. We no longer have to go through rituals. We no longer have to go through priests. We no longer have to try to sacrifice to make atonement for our sin. We have full access to God all the time. You hear people talk about the difference between religion and relationship. Let me tell you what the difference is. Religion invites us to know something about God. Relationship invites us to be with God. There's a big difference. Religion teaches us about God. I learned a lot about religion from a hymnal, and I'm not bashing hymnals. I learned a lot of things about God. But it wasn't until I recognized the presence of God. It wasn't until I realized that God wanted to be in relationship with me that the truth of what Jesus did on the cross became real. And it wasn't until I accepted that invitation to be with God. In Revelation chapter 3, we get a picture of what Jesus has been doing since that moment. And in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, it says, look. Come on, look. I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. And we'll share a meal together as friends. That is the picture of a God who wants to be with us.